All right, all right. Rap Pack Sports Show. We are back. We are live Wednesday night. Rat Pack Radio, WRPR. Streaming online, ratpacksports.com and the Rat Pack Radio, WRPR app. We're in the building for another week. I got my man William Graves on the line with us. Uh, we're just chopping it up a little bit, uh, talking a little bit of uh, sports. And, uh, you know, some of the craziness that's uh, happening. And my man, fantasy football team, uh, he has suffered some major, major injuries <coughs> along the way. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, in the main league, the Rat Droppings League, uh, I'm two and four. And I've had a lot of injuries myself. Uh, Aaron Jones been out. Uh, Dave Montgomery was out. I had Juju Smith. He been out. You know, uh, it hasn't been easy. Um, but I'm finna get rid of one of these quarterbacks. I know that. So I see you, Russell Wilson. I just can't keep you. So I'm gonna add add me another running back because the running back position is looking thin uh, for this week. I need it back anyway, so. <sighs> Jared McKinnon, no. Jamal Williams, IR. Um, Zeke Elliott. This is my selection. I'm going with uh, Roshan Johnson, the young running back from the Chicago Bears. Uh, Latavius Murray's been okay, but I need, I need something else. So let's go ahead and, uh, drop, uh, Russell Wilson because he's no good. I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's not good, but I got Brock Purdy and Josh Allen. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay for, uh, with those two. I don't know how I end up with three quarterbacks anyway. They must they must have got me with the uh the um auto pick when I wasn't looking. But uh we're here man. Uh I'm I'm gonna do my my uh my picks here. Where is it? I wish I was still alive in the uh, Eliminator uh, competition because I was doing pretty good in that until I got visibly upset. My guy didn't make it out. So we're going to go on to week seven. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, so you know we watch wrestling here, uh, AEW. And uh, some reason, uh, Sting is supposed to make some type of announcement tonight, and not sure what it is. And I haven't looked. I haven't looked to you know catch any rumors or anything. I'd just rather be surprised. And uh. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'm not sure if he's gonna re he's gonna retire yet, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He's getting up there in age. Uh, he's about, I want to say mid sixties. I don't think he's that old. He could be, but um, oh my gosh! Oh no, that's the singer sting, bruh. Woo! I was about to say, ain't no way in the world this man's 72. Whew. Where? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Wait, I oh, ain't. Man. 
you know, you know, I was uh, you you heard the um the shock in my voice when I seen that thing said uh seventy two sting, and then I had to look and it said oh sting the singer stings, not not uh the the wrestler, but but I mean. Sting is 64, and I didn't think he was that old. He's in great shape for 64, I'll tell you that. Uh, Ric Flair at 64 looked like he shouldn't have even been in the ring. Sting still is in great shape. That means The Undertaker is probably around the same age. Oh, I, I would figure he, he would have to be. Maybe even older. I would say he's even old, older. Um, yeah, I would say he's a little bit. Let's see, Undertaker. I'm going to say 68. Oh, he's actually younger. Uh, Undertaker's only 58. Really? Oh, uh, that's a shock. I thought it I thought it would be around about the same age. Huh. Um Mark Calloway. That's his real name, Mark Calloway. Yep. So yeah, he's fifty eight, man. So let's see, Ric Flair, 75. Oh, almost 74. And dude literally just retired from wrestling, like, maybe a few years ago. But he definitely, he definitely didn't look, um, look the part to be wrestling. So it's nine. He should be getting ready to address the fans here pretty soon. The show go off at ten. Lex Luger is six sixty five. Man, you seen you seen how this guy look now? Yep. Oh, you know he was on steroids. I mean, everybody kind of figured he was just by you know the way he he was back then, but to see him now. He's not even uh, recognizable, so you need you. He was juicing hard. He was juicing hard. Uh, he looks crazy, man. But he he's sixty five. Uh, Kevin Nash is sixty four. So same age as Steen. Uh, Scott Steiner is sixty one. I haven't seen Scott Steiner in a while. I wonder how he's looking. You know, he was juicy. Uh, Big Papa he, Pump. Uh, he, he, he does uh, little, like, indie shows around Michigan and stuff like that. Um, and uh, all that, I I actually think he might be the promoter of what but um, you know, I I just hear this. There there article going around that Bill Bellis might go Man, your phone chopping it up right now, man. I can't hear nothing you say. Oh, uh, William, <laughs> William, he needs to add some minutes. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, William, William doesn't have a track phone, sir. Oh man, listen. <laughs> hey, this this what it sounded like, bro. This every like every other word. That's what I was hearing. Like every other one or two or three words. Every other oh, two oh, words. No, no. <laughs> No, no, I no, I had you on speaker for a minute. Uh, no, so um, I just posted an article in this uh, in the chat group, but um, yeah, 
they're they are saying that uh Bill this might be Bill Belichick uh last year as a head coach of the Patriots. And Well, I mean, what was uh, what was one thing you were taught growing up, William? Say what? I said, what was one thing that you were taught growing up? What was one thing that I was taught growing up? Don't lick yeah. a frozen pole. No what? Don't lick a frozen pole. Don't lick a frozen pole. <laughs> well, of course, that one, but don't believe everything you read? Uh, uh, oh, well, actually, it was only uh, don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you see. Yeah, that too. I mean, Bill Belichick goes out on his own terms. He wants this to be his last year. It'll be his last year. He wants to coach again next year, and he'll coach with New England again next year. I don't think, I don't think Bill Belichick coaches anywhere else in his career but the New England Patriots. But it, it's a, it, it's 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 an interesting article, and that's why I had you guys. That's why I had you on speaker, uh, Debo, because I I was trying to read it. But um, and uh, actually, Bob Sager, I'm kind of glad you're on because. One of the teams that this guy is saying that uh, Bill Belichick could go to is Washington. I don't want him. It really as much as he is as much. I think honestly, Bill Belichick's a product of Tom Brady. Uh, you don't. So here, here's the thing. Uh, the the last uh, three, well, now the last four years have kind of proven that, right? Because I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't think any anything more. I think they had. They found a star. They got a shooting star when they drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round. And Bill Belichick fed off of that for 20 years. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, you're 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 talking two decades. Yes, you're talking two decades. And everybody thought Bill Belichick was the coach, was the man. And Bill Belichick didn't do jack. Well, uh, Josh McDaniels, and we're seeing that Josh McDaniels is not anything outside of Tom Brady. Because well, he's had now his second opportunity to prove that he is something outside of Tom Brady. And he is failing. Well, uh, well, um, I, I won't. I I don't know if he's failing, so to say, but but he's 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 definitely showing that he's not this offensive mastermind that everybody thought he was. Right. If that may if that makes sense. Um. No, it makes one hundred percent sense. I mean, so. All these coaches. I mean, you had you had Bill you had Bill O'Brien come from New England, and and he did okay in Houston. I, I can't, you know, he he did okay. Um, right. Matt Patricia was nothing outside of New England. He failed in in Detroit. Um, right. You know, so I mean. As much as I want to say that Bill Belichick is this great head coach, and yes, he has seven championship rings, 
does he have seven championship rings or are his rings a product of Tom Brady? So it's both because he has seven championship rings, but it's because of Tom Brady. So here, here's Would the thing. He, that's the thing. Would he have won seven rings without Tom? No, no, no. Absolutely no, so not. how good of a coach really is Bill Belichick? How good of a coach is he? Come on. Let's 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 put this on the table. We have had three oh. years post Tom Brady. We're three okay. years post Tom Brady in New England. Okay, but okay, how? So, but here here here's the here's the other caveat to that. Because I see where you're going with this. But that Bill Belichick style of coaching, it, it doesn't work anymore. That that what what he, uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, is how good of a coach was he? He was a good coach, but Tom Brady, the Brady effect, that took him to that took that took his coaching uh, escapades to a whole nother level. And you know, and the thing is, is that you know, you you have you have to give credit to that uh, to the scouting department and uh, and stuff like that with the Patriots for finding these uh, for finding these other players, these diamonds in the rough. Because uh, I mean, Boss Hogg, you know as well as I do, the those past, those twenty years, the Patriots really did pick in the first round. Half the time they traded, they traded their pick for a uh, a second round pick and a couple of like fourth or fifth rounders, but they always seem to find the right people. Now, that is where I say Belichick was a good coach because in order to be able to actually get the to get all this together, you you have to be an okay coach. Okay, if you're not, then, then, you're, then you're, it's not going to work. Okay, I, I hate to rub salt in the wounds and everything like that, but boss hog, Washington, they jumped, they jumped hand over fist and everything like that when Steve Spurrier came to town. Steve Spurrier is a walking legend. In college football, what did he do when he came to Washington? Uh, dude, that that was that was the freaking biggest joke on Wills that I've seen in ever. That was even that was even worse than when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went oh in like thirty or something like that. What I'm saying is is that it takes a coach. To be able to get through to these NFL players, so I will say that Bill Belichick is a good coach, but I think the level of where he is at, I think he, I don't think he would be there if it wasn't for Tom Brady. Does that make sense? Yeah, it always makes sense. I mean, that I mean, if if you say. You know, let's see. Take Bill Walsh for example. Would Bill Walsh be who he was without Joe Montana? Okay. I mean, Ooh. um, uh, that's every, every, but every, every coach, every coach is a benefit. Bill, you know, Bill Walsh was successful without Joe Montana. Yeah, I, that's what I was about to say. Well, yeah, he was, but when you think of Bill Walsh, you think because he, he had Steve Young. Yeah, right, right. But I'm saying like that was his. You know, Joe Montana but, was where he had his his most success. You know, with but you know, but it always starts with well, the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It's it's it 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 it, it does, but it doesn't. Because I because I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something out there to you guys. And, and actually Balsam just brought him up. Steve Young. Debo. 
Would Steve Young have been Steve Young? The Steve Young that we know? Had he stayed with Tampa? No. No. That's what I'm saying. That, that that's what I'm saying. You're 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 ha- you're having to find that 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 right that that right fix in you know in in that in that right um, that right jelly because uh oh and Ball Saul can testify to this firsthand because he lives out there. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Everybody thought that that was going to be a match made in heaven. Honestly, it looks like Wrigley Brothers and Barnett Bailey Circuits. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily – Russell is actually playing some pretty damn good football. Yeah, yeah I mean, they this just, this season he is playing they, a lot better. He just, they he, just don't he have – They Go don't ahead, have an offensive line. They don't have an offensive mm-hmm. line, and their defense is mm-hmm. atrocious outside of Patrick Sertan the second. Well, and see, and, and unfortunately, like I said, be uh, before you even po- uh, before you even posted the story, I and and, and you and Balsa, you you asked me where I where I got my information from. And I said I didn't have anything tangible. It was just a gut feeling. But guys, fellas, I think Russell Wilson is going to be a casualty of this fire cell. I don't uh, think that Sean Payton wants Russell Wilson there, because if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, Russell Wilson going to Denver was not Sean Payton's call. Did it? Russell Wilson. Oh, he was brought in the year before. But here's here's the thing with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Payton was brought in to fix Russell Wilson. Payton was brought in by this new ownership to fix Russell Wilson because Russell. Here's the thing about Sean Payton's offense. Sean Payton's offense gets the quarterback to move. Nathaniel's Hackett offense did not allow him to move. With that, Russell, we all know. We all know that Russell has to be able to move in order to be a good quarterback. We we do. And it, but and, but, in, but, and, but, and that's the thing about Sean Payton's offense. And that's why Russell's numbers are better this year. The Broncos are just an awful football team. It is not well, Russell Wilson that is costing the Broncos football games. It is not Sean Payton that is costing the Broncos football games. And that it's that Swiss cheese of an offensive line. That's where I think I think you can see Garrett Bowles get moved. I think you I think the only person that is safe on the Denver Broncos offensive line is Lloyd Cushenberry. Everybody I else would even say, I, I wouldn't even say he's safe to be honest with you, Ball. I really don't. And, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they move him. It wouldn't surprise me if they move him. But I think he's the least one that would be moved, just because okay. his his PS his PFF stats are pretty outstanding. He he has had a fairly decent six games so far. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, they have to they have to move Cortland Sutton. They have to move Jerry Judy. I don't think that those two people will oh, be. Honestly, I say uh, I think he's going to be one of the first people moved. If you were, if you want me to be honest with you, and that's Jerry Judy. I I really do. I think he I think he is going to be one of the first guys that gets moved. And and where and where I see him going. Is actually a place that I kind of thought that Julio might have wound up at, and that's Minnesota, because with them being without Jefferson, and even when Jefferson gets back, I think they realized that they that they might have made a little bit of a mistake letting Adam Thielen go, 
because when Adam Thielen was there, Jefferson's numbers were better. And and I think that they're going to do their best to try to correct that. And, and that well, of course is, his numbers were better because they couldn't double-team him with Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen would take stuff right. – would take defenders away. Yeah, you get a Jerry Judy, I think that that's great. Um, but Minnesota's – we all know what Minnesota is. Minnesota's a junk hole until they find a new quarterback. Um, well, but, but – uh, the, the, the thing the thing is is that and and uh and I actually wanna and uh when we get done with this round I actually wanna bring uh, I actually wanna bring up something that me and Derek were talking about earlier with Caleb Blue. I, I, I want I want I'm gonna put a team out for you for Jerry Judy. I'll okay. put a team out there for you right now. And it's unfortunate for this is unfortunate for Jerry Judy because um, you know, I, I think had they not lost their quarterback and they made a move to go get a guy like Jerry Judy, I think they could have been a playoff. They could have been a contender, not a Super Bowl contender, but they could have been a wild card contender. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. So here, so here, I, I'm just going to say this. And I'm guilty of this myself. I think we might be counting Indianapolis out a little too soon. And what I mean by that is is that they have Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is not a horrible quarterback. He look, he he's he's not. He he. Did you see Sunday? Oh, he was bad Sunday. He was bad Sunday. He was um, he was bad Sunday, and the, yeah, it's a, no, no, like I, I said, I, it's very unfortunate because I think the Colts were moving in a very positive direction this season. I think Anthony okay. Richardson is going to be a very good quarterback in the National Football League. It's unfortunate Anthony, that he Anthony, got hurt. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction about Anthony Richardson, and I and I made it right before the draft, and 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 it just sucks that I'm not going to get to see him play this year and everything when I go to Indy. Uh, but uh, I I don't care what team it is next year. I will make a trip to, uh, down to Indianapolis to go see uh, to go see him next year, but. Uh, guys, Anthony Richardson has every tool that is very similar. I'm not saying that he is him, but it is very similar to a Hall of Fame quarterback that we all know, and that is Steve McNair. I can see that. I can. I put him even in the category I, of Warren Boone. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll, even I'll be back in, I'll be back in a minute, guys. Okay, no problem. I can so, see I can see I can see Steve McNair. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't see that. I don't know. Warren Moon was a lot lot better of a passer, so uh, it'd be hard for me to, you know, put him in that category with Warren Moon, but uh, Steve McNair, I could definitely, you know, I could definitely see. Well, but, uh, but you know, Devo, and, they, and this is where this is where you need to walk to the front and to the spotlight and take a bow, because, Devo, you were a champion of Anthony Richardson's all the way through the, uh, through the offseason, all the way up into the draft. You uh you championed him and uh Debo you you hit it, you hit it right on the head with him. I mean, I kinda saw what you were talking about, but I was like, uh you uh, maybe. Um so I I mean I, I'm just curious. Like what what did you like what tangibles there in Florida, did you see for you to make to make a statement like you did about Anthony Richardson? 
Well, I mean, what I seen was a, a, a guy that didn't necessarily make make all of his reads in a in a timely, you know, manner. Like if you 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 know, you a short pass, three steps, boom, ball out your hand, five step, boom, ball out your hand, seven step drop, boom, you know, ball at your hand. When when the quarterback yeah. is, is throwing and reading the you know, throwing the ball with that type of timing that's letting you know that the quarterback is understanding beforehand, okay, what defense are they running, where I need to go with the ball, you know, just making quick decisions. So at, at Florida, it wasn't a whole lot of that. It was a lot of improvising, you know, a, a lot of running, a lot of running, and just being an athlete. And, you know, he was an inaccurate passer. He wasn't a great passer. I mean, he was – Accuracy was a question was questionable at Florida. I I know a lot of Gators fans, and I you know I talk to them every week about you know Anthony Richardson when he was at Florida. They was a lot of you know a lot of times they was not happy because you know you they got wide open receivers running wide open. He's he can't hit them, overthrowing them, underthrowing them. You know, not not enough touch on the ball. And I just felt like uh, he wasn't ready. I just felt like he wasn't ready coming out. And, you know, due to his athleticism, the, the Colts bit, they bit the, uh, they took the bait and drafted this guy number one. Or was he number Top two or number one, I think he was, I can't remember. But they drafted him, you know, very high, and 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 a lot higher than a lot of a lot of people was was thinking. You had other quarterbacks on the board that that were better better quarterbacks, not athletes. They were better quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I knew once he got to the league, you know, the Colts are not obviously you get drafted high, you're not going to a good team. So he was going to be forced to to. Do what he do best, and that's be mobile, uh, run, and he was gonna take a lot of hits. And we seen this game long enough, man. Uh, quarterbacks mm-hmm. that scramble, they they eventually they gonna get it, whether it's early on or later on uh, down the line, they're gonna get it if they continually rely on their legs to get them out of trouble uh, uh, aside of, you know, throwing the football away or getting well, getting know, out of and, bounds. Well, and I mean, and so it, it, you just touched right, you, I mean, you just literally hit the nail on the head. I mean, because if you look at a lot of the scrambling quarterbacks later in their later years, they weren't, they weren't really scrambling that much. I mean, they still could. But you know they uh like you could tell that those that those poundings took a toll on them. I mean, you look at the Warren Moons, you look at the Randall Cunninghams, you look at the Steve McNairs, you look at the Steve Youngs. I mean, it, it those are just the ones right off of the off of the top of my head. I mean, shoot, even uh, even Michael Vick. I mean, now, granted, you know his situation a little a little bit different. You know, he was in he was in uh, he was in prison for how long? What one or two years? Uh, yeah. What? Um, I want to say one, dude. Yeah. I, th- see, that's what I thought. I thought I was pretty sure it was one, but I threw two out there j- just to stay on the safe side. But I mean, even then, when he came back into the league, and he was there in Philadelphia, uh, look, I mean, yeah, he could still move and everything, but those, um, the those scrambles weren't like what they used to be, and you know, and I'll throw another name out there to you. If for some reason he ever did get a chance back in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was a scrambling quarterback. 
I don't think that he would be that if he came back into the league. I think I think he might try it uh, for maybe the first half season or full season, but Debo, these defenses they're they're fast and they're right up on you before before you can even blink. Yeah. So I mean, so for somebody like Kaepernick to uh, to even possibly come back and play. I'm not saying that he wouldn't figure it out, but he wouldn't be the same Kaepernick that we saw with the 49ers. No, no, no. He's too far along. He's too far along to be that to you know be that same same guy. Um, yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. I just that that's not happening. Even if he got a chance, I mean. It'd be it'd be, you know, good and it'd be a nice, nice little thing for, you know, uh, you know, TV and all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's well, I don't, well, I don't see know, him being that effective. But you know, I mean, the thing is, Devo, is that when you've been away from the game that long, now I know that he says that his pretty routine and stuff like that is still the same as what as what it was when he was with the 49ers and you know it it that that's great it, it is but i think in 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 listeners this ain't a political statement uh this has nothing to do with kneeling or anything like that. Uh, it, it it really doesn't. But my statement is is that I think that that window for Kaepernick to make a comeback, I I don't I don't think that window is exactly there anymore. And if it is, it's not it, it's not where it, it's not as open as what you might think. Yeah. But hold on, we got boss. Let's get him back here. We got boss hall back, uh, back with us. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Boss hall, boss. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Huh? up man wow <laughs> now uh, oh. uh now Bob, Bob, since you are back uh you i i've actually had a little time to to think about this and you know what jerry judy to the colts that might not be so bad oh i mean i mean you came in with michael pittman Team him with Michael Pittman Jr. and now that they got uh, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor, John, yeah, Jonathan Taylor back, and I mean, like I said, the only downfall is the fact that they lost Anthony Richardson for the season. They would be you give them another weapon like a Jerry Judy, or even if they went for Cortland Sutton or something like that. You give them another weapon like that, that just opens up so much more of that offense with Anthony Richardson was still behind center. I mean, do I think the Broncos – I think the Broncos do do a fire sale. I think Cortland Sutton will be traded. I think Jerry Judy will be traded. I think Justin Simmons will be traded. Um, and so I feel like really, really I feel and, and and yes the possibilities of trading Russ are there. However, Russ is going to have to the Broncos are going to have to eat some salary in that trade. They're going to have to be able to work a trade in which they take some salary 
and allow the other team to pay the rest of the salary, et cetera, et cetera, or something, because he's $85 million on the books next year. Right. And, you know, so uh, there's just no way that a team, any team could take that. I mean, I don't even know a team that is that big, I mean, that much in the cap. No, I can't think of anybody. I mean, you know, not, I, not I mean, the same thing's going to happen with the Cowboys. Dak's going to be a cap casualty if he doesn't get it together. That's why they went and got Trey Lance. Well, yeah, I, I was about to say that that whole the the uh, to me the 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 whole. The, the whole. But I thing just don't. I don't agree with up. your whole. Uh, I don't agree with your whole analysis of Russ going back to Seattle just to retire. Russ can still play football. He's proven it this year. He just needs something around him, and he doesn't have anything around him. I okay. So that that analysis of him going back to Seattle, I, and I should have clarified this. That that was that that was a I guess one option type thing that if Russell really felt like that maybe he made a maybe he made the wrong decision that he could work out something in order to do that. Now, do I still think he can play? Yes, but I I don't think. I don't know. Something's just telling me that that that, that Sean Payton <coughs> really doesn't want Russell Wilson there. Well, and, I don't know what he's going to get because he ain't, ain't going to get Caleb Williams. Well, so so here here's the thing with that. Okay, first and foremost. The Denver Broncos are not going to give Caleb Williams a minority ownership stake in the Denver Broncos. They can't. Okay. He cannot play that, as that, a minority owner. Somebody needs uh, to somebody needs to tell him that he cannot play. Look it up. It's in the NFL rule book. I, I, you know, cannot be player. I didn't know that, but I, you know, I figured there would be some type of rule rule of. Uh, you know, with the league where if you're, you know, that would be a conflict of interest, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's literally in the rule book. Um, well, and I that's mean, why when, that's people what I thought, thought. when people put the rumors out of Tom Brady, after Brady became part owner in the, in the Vegas Raiders, and people put out the fact that, you know, if Jimmy G doesn't pass his physical, Tom could be the quarterback, yada, yada, yada. No, he's, he's not. Tom is done. Tom is D-O-N-E done. He is not playing football. Wrong. D-O-N-E done. Both of them are so done did, playing football. Well, I mean, the, the whole Gronk thing, I, I – the, it, just those comments about uh, about the whole Miami Dolphins thing, that that kind that kind of I mean, it kind of surprised me. But then I kept thinking about. It, I was like, you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a horrible fit. It, it really wouldn't. But well, the thing is, I mean, yeah, Miami's missing a tight end. They really are, and Gronk is correct. They're missing a tight end. That's the only thing that offense is missing. If that offense had a tight end, that offense would be – just think if you put – I mean, you could even put Cole Kemet on that offense. He's a serviceable tight end in the NFL. You put him in Miami, and Miami is a changed football team. But you just think if that tight – if that offense had a Gronk or had a George Kittle or had a Travis Kelsey, where would that offense be? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, 
it would yeah. it would be it, it would be an offense right on line with I mean, uh, with the uh with the forty ers and, and uh and, and you know in some of these uh, top tier teams. It would be right up there with the greatest show on turf, the 1990 Los Angeles, uh, St. Louis Rams. The 19, we do those, not those talk about Rams them. Teams, we do not Rams talk about the them 90s, on this show. Those Rams teams of the 90s. <laughs> we do not talk about them on this show. They the do Dolphins not exist would be right up show. there with them. They, they do not I mean, exist on this show. We we refer to them as a, as that other team from St. Louis. Oh yeah, okay. But um, yeah, so that's where that that's where the Dolphins would be. It's right up there with that other team from St. Louis. And and you know what? And, and you're not and you're not wrong. Uh, and you know this is kind of something interesting. They just acquired Chase Claypool. They wouldn't try to move him and uh, try to play him at tight end, would they? I mean, he has to bulk up a little bit, but they're going to be. I mean, yeah, they got Raheem Mostert, so their their running game doesn't fall off a lot, but. Uh, the loss of Ashane is going to hurt. Well, that dude, so that dude is fast. Yes, yes, he is. Now, th- now this might be kind of overcompensation, but with the loss of him, could could the Dolphins? Uh, potentially look at a Jamal Adams from Denver uh, on to come in and kind of I don't know uh, maybe take up that spot. I mean, like I said, uh, it, it like I said, it, it's it's overcompensation is what it is. It would be, and I think they're fine with most dudes and the backs that they have. Um, I don't think they would go after Jamal Williams. Um, and I mean, Denver's going to sell off some pieces, but they're not going to sell the farm. They're going to sell off stuff that's going to give them high-quality draft picks. They're going to sell off a Jerry Judy, a Cortland Sutton, a Garrett Bowles, a Justin Simmons something that's going to give them quality in return because they have to get four draft picks, three or four draft picks, whatever it is, um, two from Wilson and one from Peyton or two and two, whatever it is that they got to get back from those two deals, they have to make quality moves in order to get those picks back. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to just trade the trade. Uh, and that's why you're going to see quality players, high-valued players. You're going to see them go rather than seeing um, players like Jamal Williams or anybody like that go, um, which is why – Yes, I say Patrick Sertan is probably the only guy on that team on that team that's untouchable, but even him at this point, being on a rookie contract and only in his second year, he could probably be one that is that is moved as well. I mean, there's so many pieces and Denver is just in so much trouble right now that they have to do something. So, I. But to go back, I don't think the Dolphins would make a move like that. I think the Dolphins would just stick with what they have. They're they're 100% capable of winning with Mostert, um, and I, I don't see them. I don't see the Dolphins being players 
can be either way at the trade deadline. I think you'll see the Vikings be players at the trade deadline. I think you'll see the Broncos be players over the next couple weeks. I think I think you could see Washington be a player in the next couple weeks. Um, and I told you guys that at the beginning of the year that it would not surprise me if Chase Young is moved um, before the trade deadline. Um, I think um, I think you could see uh, I think you you could see something done with the, the Bears might do yeah. something. Um, the uh, the Packers might do something. That division is so wide open. Any of those teams could do something to try to improve themselves. Um, yeah. I, I should say that division is wide open because I think the Bears are actually are not the Bears. The Lions are doing all what we all thought they were going to do and finally taking control of that division. Um, well. Well, we all said that it was only going to be a matter of time. Yes. I think the Giants, eh, they got to sure up their offensive line. They're struggling because of injuries. I think if they get Andrew Thomas back, they'll be okay. But, I mean, there's just – there's pieces. There's, there's a lot of pieces that a lot of teams can do. Um so it's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks what we have as far as the trade deadline goes and who moves what, who sells, and who who buys. Well, you know, the, the one interesting team that you brought up was the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and the, the reason for that is um, – I I really do think that this is probably going to be their last quote-unquote ditch effort to try to put something on the field that gets them to the playoffs, uh, if not to the NFC Championship. Um, and well, they, I, they've, and, been a, they've been a playoff team the last two years. Well, I think, well, and see, and, and that's what I'm saying, that this whole one-and-done thing, I I think, I, I'm pretty sure it's it getting old with them, and the, oh, you know, well, and the thing is, is get rid of number that, eight, might not be one-and-done. You know, you say that, but if you look at what is out there right now, I mean, there's not a whole lot better. I mean, you can't. There, you can't. There, really, there is. There is a whole lot better. Yeah, and who would that be? Number ten for the North Carolina Tar Heels. No. You, you, that, he is going to need to be in a position where he can sit for a couple years as Mark. If you, as the Vikings, draft him, you're not re-signing Kirk Cousins which means that you're throwing him right into the fire. You're not re-signing Kirk Cousins whether you draft Drake May or not. You're not re-signing Kirk Cousins this year because Kirk Cousins costs you too much money. Whether you draft Drake May, whether you draft... uh, I mean... Whatever quarterback comes out. 
well, then what you're looking at is is you're looking at putting a, at going and finding a quarterback that's going to be a three year band aid till Drake May because uh, yeah uh, gets into it. Uh, don't get me wrong, I I I kind of like Drake May, but I just Drake don't May's think the second best college, Drake May's the second best quarterback in college football. What? Who is that? I don't even know the quarterback y'all talking about. Drake, uh, Drake Bay, North Carolina. Oh, Drake okay. Drake is the quarterback at the University of North Carolina. I mean, yeah. to me, everybody wants to talk about the numbers that Shadour put up in the first four weeks and everything like that, but Shadour is also the most sacked quarterback in college football. Yeah, his offensive line is trash. The offensive line is terrible. And I don't think Shador Sanders is coming out. No, he's I mean, not. His dad, has no. said, his no. dad has said so much as no, he's not. So no. you have you have three quarterbacks. You have three to me you have three quarterbacks right now that are worthy of being of, of going in the first round. At this point in the college football season, you have three quarterbacks that are worthy of going in the first round. You have Caleb Williams, Drake May, and the kid, well, let's say um, Michael, okay, let's put four in there. Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix. Okay, now Bo Nix. Bo Nix is an interesting prospect. Um, Bo Nix is a very interesting prospect. I mean, he has really yeah. found himself after transferring to Auburn. Well, that well that that was just that 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 was just a shit show and a half. First and foremost, that head coach there did not know how to use Bo Nix. Was I was I sad to see Bo Nix go? Yes, yes I was. But you know what? I understood because that whatever that offense was that they were running at Auburn, that didn't play the Bo Nix's strengths. Bo Nix is a is a scrambling quarterback. Bo Nix is a play action is a play action passer. They had him standing in the pocket. What? No. Now, yes, you need to learn how to stand in the pocket, Boom. but he's a lot like Russell no. Wilson. Better quarterback he, when he's he on is. the move. I'm going to yeah. throw a fifth name to the. I'm going to throw a fifth name out there, and we're gonna. Oh, I'm going to put a fifth name out there, and I'm going to put this name on the level that I put Josh Allen. Six years ago. Hmm. Okay. And we, I'm curious. We know where I put. We know where I put Josh Allen six years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I said he was the best quarterback in his class. Yes. I want to put another kid out there, and I think this kid could end up being very similar. And that's Cam Rising. Utah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Yep. I, I will I will agree with that. Matter of fact, uh he he is he very he very well could be better than any of the other quarterbacks that are there. So yes. You you are, yeah uh, yeah. I will I will hundred percent agree with that. That that kid I showed re- up. Yeah, showed out. I really like that kid, and they struggled early in the season because he was injured, and they didn't have him. But now that he's back, I think Utah is a team to reckon with in the oh. Pac-12. 
Utah Utah could win the Pac uh could win the Pac twelve this year. Could. They may Yes. Yeah. I like them. Um, yeah, they very well they very well could win the Pac twelve this year and I um so and it's just be and it's because of him because they were they weren't even in the picture three weeks ago when, when we're talking about, you know, teams in the Pac twelve. It was C U and USC and now well, it's see, listen, Utah and USC. Well, so so here here's the thing about USC. USC has been exposed. Okay, and they it wasn't been. just during that Notre Dame game. They got exposed during that Colorado game too. They got exposed. They they, 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 have, they they have been getting exposed, and I and I tried telling you guys this. That USC is not all that. They're well, really I never not. said USC was. I've never said USC was a good football team. You just like Caleb I just Williams. said that they got a. I just said they got a good quarterback. Yeah. He 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 is a good quarterback, but again, like I said, I just thought that he was overhyped. And. You know, and what, and what I have seen in the games, yes, he is a good quarterback, but but he did this overhype that they had him on. That no, it it, it doesn't gel. It, uh, that uh, what I, a old saying that I'm so used to to say, the math ain't mathing, and. Uh, you know, and like I said, Caleb Williams is a is a good is a good college quarterback, but 